<laughs> all that. <laughs> That's not Johnny. the intro show, Charlie. <laughs> Johnny, you, you started the stream too early. Yeah. <laughs> classroom come on in take a seat beside me my friend hey look here come t.a charlie let's see what he got to say morning you're watching the road to concord with professor joe bakanovic homeroom is on rumble you just go to rumble and you search the channels for the road to concord it's one word when you find it you go ahead and you click follow it might mean you got to set up an account but it's fast it's easy and it's free i did it you can do it for those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. Yeah, that ain't going to be today. No. Nope. Usually just Wednesday. <laughs> then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you'll find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the road to He's a little slow, <clears throat> but he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. Phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, you must be a known class member that has participated in the chats on a regular basis. You may then request phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please check the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them that Joe is an acquired taste. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, even from gummy bears, so we are not limited in the content we provide. 
With that said, we ask for your participation on a value-for-value value basis. If you find our shows of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, <laughs> the show description on Rumble, and the comments on the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You'll soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the list and plan for today. So real quick, we've got a little housekeeping we have to do before we get going. The first things first is that you see I've got an orange shirt on, Gummy Bear. I, I, I got my bread yesterday and I was looking forward to it. Thank you very much. And I wasn't paying attention when I started eating it. And lo and behold, I'm all prepared for my pumpkin spice cinnamon crunch Amish bread. And I got chocolate chip banana bread. Now, it was good. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't pumpkin spice. You see orange, pumpkin, orange, banana, yellow. You know, like the flag over here. Orange for pumpkin, gummy bear. Yellow for banana. Okay, just making sure we get that out of the way real quick. And, and she, she wants to take advertising here for her banana nut bread. No, it was supposed to be pumpkin spice. It's pumpkin spice everything season. Y'all know that by now. So, okay. It's Conspiracy Theory Thursday. It's also Throwback Thursday, right? So we're going to throw back to a conspiracy theory. We're going to do both at once. And it, it, did you see the title? McCarthy and the Communist Takeover Conspiracy Theory. A conspiracy that's not a theory. I brought some receipts today. How many of y'all have ever really looked into all of this with McCarthyism and all that other good stuff? And by the way, uh-oh, comment on the board. Goofy wears an orange shirt too from Natasha. No, I'm Pluto. I showed you the picture. Pluto's orange. See the picture, Natasha? Pluto's I, orange. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. So we're going to be talking about uh, McCarthyism, and I've got my my little meme for being over the target ready to go because I got a feeling we're going to get a visit from somebody somewhere along the line today. I want to cause trouble with the board today because you know we're 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 going to expose some stuff, and we ain't supposed to be exposing stuff because you know they they've lied to us for so long we ain't supposed to un unring the bell. So we were talking Monday and Tuesday unplanned really but it turned out to be we were talking about the lawless nihilistic left the american left so since we're discussing the lawlessness and nihilism of the left earlier this week i thought we'd go deeper into the facts yes and like i said i brought the receipts y'all remember mccarthy you know anything about him at all here's um here's a new, him reading a newspaper it's making a funny mccarthyism is treason to america and that's what most of us have been told. But was he a traitor to this country? Hmm. I don't know. We'll let you find out for yourself before the day's over. But <laughs> this is, uh, is this tomorrow? This is from Americans Under Communism. So this is a communist site that put this meme up. It says McCarthyism. The making of false accusations based on rumor or guilt by association. So Senator McCarthy accused many Americans of being communists or communist sympathizers. Those targets, the government employees, entertainment in Hollywood, and educators, 
accused government officials and citizens without real evidence. But did he? Were they false accusations? Well, I don't know. You're taught that that's what it means today. Also taught things like this, profiling, it's the American way, Senator Joseph McCarthy. You know, the Red Scare, all that good stuff. But none of the accusations against McCarthy were true. McCarthy told the truth. The people who said that he was lying lied. No one cared. So it didn't end there. Once we taught them, the proverbial they, that we would accept their lies about other Americans, they perfected it into an art form a.k.a. propaganda or, you know, that left-wing invention. And today, they do things like this. This is boldly uh, feeding the fears of hatred and prejudice of the American people. The new McCarthyism, spelt with an SS, meaning, you know, Waffen SS. So they're trying to call Glenn Beck here a Nazi. What was Glenn Beck doing? Exposing them for the truth so that they were, you know, Glenn was actually preaching the truth at the time this poster came out. This is very good propaganda right here, folks. This is straight out of 1920s, 1930s progressive propaganda campaigns. You've seen it in more recent times. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any cool memes for this one. But don't forget how they ridiculed the doctors who warned us about the jabs. And against those who uh, the mandated treatment methods were trying to, were killing people. You know, there were doctors telling us this is not how we treat respiratory infections. You know, you don't just stick them on a ventilator. That's We were not treating people the way that medicine had always done. Those doctors got ridiculed and canceled. You know, they were trying to kill you. And those who were promoting hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to treat COVID. Oh, he wants to prescribe you horse medicine. Anybody and everybody that was against the lies being pushed by the state got treated like McCarthy. Hey, I was, I was pretty sick horse and you know what? I cured met you, and cured me. Yeah. So this stuff with COVID, the same tune, different beat, but then why not? After all, they've standardized and now teach this tactic as a quote unquote science. That's what this is all about. Saul Alinsky on the left there, his book rules for radicals on the right. And let's not forget his dedication, lest we forget at least an over-the-shoulder acknowledgement to the very first radical from all our legends, mythology, and history, who is to know where mythology leaves off and history begins, or which is which, the first radical known to man who rebelled against the establishment and did it so effectively that he at least won his own kingdom, Lucifer. So whether he's being flippant or not, he dedicated this book to Satan. How's your spiritual warfare going? <clears throat> so we teach this, excuse me, we teach this stuff now? Oh, yes, we do. This is from a slideshow that you can find if you look for it. This is on um, Rules for Radicals. This is known as the father of modern American radicalism. Saul Alinsky, 1909 to 1972, developed strategies and tactics that take the enormous, unfocused emotional energy of grassroots groups and transforms it into an effective anti-government and anti-corporate activism. Activist organizations teach his ideas as a set of model behaviors, and they use these principles to create an emotional commitment to victory, no matter what. Hmm. BLM, anybody? Antifa, anybody? 
Occupy Wall Street? Occupy anything, anybody? The hippies, 60s movement, anybody? Belinsky's rules. Oh, check this out, man. This is all nifty, neato stuff right here. Let's blow that up a little. Well, no, that didn't take me out of there. Okay. Power is not only what you have, but what your enemy thinks you have. Man, that sounds like it's right out of Sun Tzu. Never go outside the expertise of your own people. Well, increasingly, that means there are no expertise at all on the Alinskyite side of the house. But anyhow, go outside the expertise of your enemy. In other words, never go outside of what your people know. Make sure you go outside of the area that your enemy knows. That's why the left can't go. They, don't, they won't reason because they don't know reason, you know, logic. Make enemies live up to its own rules. In other words, throw hypocrisy at them. Notice you don't have to live up to your rules, though. It says ridicule is your most potent weapon. So ridicule everybody. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. Yeah, make it fun to pick on people. In other words, teach your activists to be good bullies. Keep the pressure on. Don't ever let up. This is why the left never seems to, they just keep going and going and going. The major premise for a tactic is the development of operations that will maintain constant pressure on the opposition. What? In other words, just keep going. You don't want any solutions. Just keep coming up with something new. If you push a negative hard enough and deep enough, it will break through to, on the counter side. That's what McCarthyism is. They pushed it long enough that now it's a positive thing for them, for the left. Tactics that drag on too long become a drag. That's why they're always changing their mood, their, their story, their same song, but they change the beat. The price of successful attack isn't a constructive alternative. Well, now this is one that the left just let drops. They don't care about that one. Threat is more terrifying than the thing itself. If you don't do what I want, Republican, I'm going to tell the media, sick them on you. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. Yeah, they're, they're really good at that. In other words, cancel them. So here's some more we need to read. This is from a newspaper article. A lot of people tell you this fake. I don't think so. This is Beware of Useful Idiots. It's submitted by Garrett Gear. It says, recall that Hillary did her college thesis on his writings and Obama writes about him in books. Saul Alinsky died about 43 years ago, but his writings influenced those in political control of our nation today. He died June 12, 1972. Carmel-by-the-Sea, California Education University of Chicago, spouse Irene Alinsky, books, Rules for Radicals, Reveille for Radicals. Anyone out there think that this stuff isn't happening today in the U.S.? All eight rules are currently in play. There's actually more than eight. How to keep a social state by Alinsky or how to create a social state by Alinsky. He did write this, for, for example, folks. I didn't need to share this meme with you, but he did write these things. So these are the eight rules they're talking about, how to take over. There are eight levels of control that must be obtained before you are able to create a social state. The first is the most important, healthcare. Control healthcare and you control the people. Check, they've got that. Poverty, increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you provide everything, uh, everything for them to live. Check, debt, increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you are able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Check, gun control, remove the ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you are able to create a police state. They're in the process of that. Welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. Check. Education. Take control of what people read and listen to. 
take control of what children learn in schools. Check. Religion. Remove the belief in God from the government in schools. Check. Class warfare. Divide the people into wealthy and poor. This will cause more discontent and will be easier to take tax the wealth with the support of the poor. Does any of this sound like what is happening in the United States? Alinsky merely uh, simplified Vladimir Lenin's original scheme for world conquest by communism under Russian rule. Stalin described his converts as useful idiots. The useful idiots have destroyed every nation in which they have seized power and control. It is presently happening at the alarming rate in the United States. It is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. This is all true. It's nihilism. This is all communism in every form of secular humanism is nothing more than parasites. It's promoting a parasitic lifestyle in the guise of being morally superior. They paint themselves as being morally superior, but they live off the blood, the lifeblood of others. It's slavery. It's moral slavery. It's all it is. And it's, it's not communism as, as Marx wrote about it would be heaven in the Bible where everything was done willfully of free will for everybody. But human nature says you're not going to be able to pull that off, not without remaking the world. So communism on earth as it is today has to be enforced at the point of a gun, which is why Mao said true power comes at the barrel of a gun. So that's what Marxism is, which means it's nihilistic. In this world, in this material world, it's nihilistic. It destroys everything. The parasite always destroys its host. It feeds off of the lifeblood of another, which incidentally, something about not drinking the blood of others. That's because the blood, the life is in the blood. Hmm. I think that principle would tell me not to be socialistic, but what do I know? So here's another one for you. And this is true. Hillary Clinton is a devout disciple of the left-wing radical Saul Alinsky. One of Alinsky's foundational principles in Rules for Radicals is that there is no objective moral law. The ends justify the means. We covered that Monday and Tuesday, didn't we? As a follower of Alinsky's methods, Hillary will lie shamelessly if she believes the situation warrants it. We can believe nothing Hillary says. And that includes having a classified server in her bathroom. Hmm, yep. That makes sense now. Do whatever you want to do. The ends justify the means comes from this guy right here. This is uh, Nic- Nicola um, Machiavelli. And he wrote a book called The Prince. The Prince is a 16th. This is from, um, this quotation comes from Amazon. It says, The Prince is the 16th century political treatise written by Italian diplomat and political theorist Nicolo Machiavelli as an instruction guide for new princes and royals. The general theme of the prince is of accepting that the aims of princes, such as glory and survival, can justify the use of moral means to which, uh, of immoral means rather to achieve the ends. In other words, if the ends justify the means, I mean, the, the, it doesn't matter. The, the ends justify the means. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. As long as you get your goal, do whatever you want. Bill Clinton often talked uh, admirably about Machiavelli. When I was in philosophy school, I did not study Machiavelli's The Prince. I studied this one. This is the Machiavellian's Defenders of Freedom. How can you be free 
when you teach anything goes as long as you get what you want that that's telling me that the thief is okay as long as he gets away with stealing stuff and that's exactly what machiavelli meant these two books thomas hobbes the leviathan remember leviathan is the chaos monster in the bible chaos chaos and nihilism chaos and nihilism these are heroes of the american left chaos and nihilism it's not wrong if you don't get caught right exactly chaos and nihilism how's your spiritual warfare going you think that's a joke wait till the end of the show <laughs> but hillary's not the only one that teaches alinsky let's blow that one up rules for radicals on the left saul alinsky that is barack obama being a professor at school which he was never a professor he was an adjunct uh, he was a visiting teacher is what he was he wasn't actually a professor this is power analysis if you've ever read alinsky's writings what Obama is teaching right there on that chalkboard is Alinsky. That's not education, folks. That's indoctrination. He's quote-unquote community organizing, and somebody paid him to do this. The students paid for this mess. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, polarize it. it, it, it that's Obama. Well, you might want to get this. This is in your show notes today. It's a little PDF. It's not very long. It costs you 99 cents. If you do not have a Kindle, download the app. It's free. You put it on your computer or your phone. Buy that for 99 cents from Amazon. The link is in your show notes. This is by David Horowitz. He's a very good writer for these types of things. He just shows you how Transform America is literally what you see right there. Now, there's one picture missing here. In between Marx and Lenin, and in between Alinsky and Obama, we should insert Woodrow Wilson. Wilson. Because Wilson said that progressivism was just the American word for communism. We've read Wilson saying that on this show. We read his words. We posted his essay from which it came from. That's all this is, folks. They are trying to overthrow this country. And they're largely succeeding. So political correctness, now known as AKA woke, that's the shield of communism. And it was described by Marx. It is enforced by the media, which aids and protects them in their efforts. This is why Malcolm X said, the media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses. True. How do you manipulate an entire country? You hijack the media. You hijack the news. You hijack the press. You hijack the biggest online search engine. You hijack the biggest online social platforms. You hijack the school system and then manipulate the facts, push the narratives, create lies. Make people believe that you tell them what you tell them to believe, period. This is exactly what the left has done. These people do not appreciate your freedom. Their end goal is to be able to control you, know your enemy. This is exactly what's happening. This is exactly what's happened. When you can control everything, you can tell people, no, we didn't steal the election. And anybody who says otherwise is a McCarthyite. 
And you've already been conditioned to think, oh my God, he's a McCarthyite. He's a bad person. Even though McCarthy, well, we'll get to that. Joseph Stalin, he said, America is like a healthy, and, and I'm about to show you. I got, I got an illustration for you. America is like a healthy body and its resistance is threefold. It's patriotism. Hold on to that. It's morality and it's spiritual life. So we're going to strut the naked pedophile transvestites down Main Street flaunting their junk in the faces of children. Well, there goes our morality and flaunt the murder of our unborn children in our spiritual life. Oh, yeah, we have destroyed religion in this country. Oh, yeah, we've we've they've done it. He says, if we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. So what's that got to do with the media and everything? Search engine. Oh, wait a minute. Better blow this one up. Let's see what we got here. This is Google versus DuckDuckGo. Define nationalism. Hmm. Nationalism. Devotion to the interest or culture of one's nation. This is DuckDuckGo. Belief that nations will benefit from acting independently rather than collectively. Emphasizing national rather than international goals. Aspirations for national independence in a country under foreign domination. Oh, in other words, what Yahweh, God, did at the, at the Tower of Babel when he split everybody up into nations. Keep to our nations. Well, what does um, nationalism under uh, Google, how does Google define this? Patriotic feelings, principles, or efforts, synonyms. Patriotism, patriotic sentiments, flag-waving, xenophobia, chauvinism, and jingoism. Their extreme nationalism was frightening, as an example. Well, that's all. That's a fallacy right there. That's loaded language. They're trying to taint the way you think of nationalism. Their second definition, an extreme form of this, especially marked by feelings of superiority over other countries. Plural noun, nationalisms. Advocacy of political independence for a particular country. This was all changed. Google, Google is using pretty much the uh, Webster's Dictionary here. And they pretty much changed it back when Trump was running for office again because they were trying to paint him as a white racist nationalist. Google is conducting, openly conducting propaganda right here, trying to influence an election. That's what was happening here. That should be in a democracy, quote unquote, that should be illegal. But don't forget, George W. Bush and Obama made propaganda legal in this country again. Hand in hand, they worked together to do it. So <clears throat> they canceled a patriot who was trying to protect this country. And now they teach the lies about this patriot they told about him. They teach them to our kids. And the majority of us in America accept this whole thing as truth. We accept lies as truth. This is blacklisted by history. If you're watching the chalkboard, it's right here in my grubby little hand. It's a thick book. Had to be. He brings the receipts. So I'm going to read extensively from the description on, on um, Amazon. <clears throat> Excuse me. The link is in your show notes. Um, RoadToConcord.com. TheRoadToConcord.com. The link is at the top of the, this uh, comment section. It's also in your Rumble description. Accused of creating a bogus red scare and smearing countless innocent victims in a five-year reign of terror. See, that's loaded language right there. 
Senator Joseph McCarthy is universally remembered as a demagogue, a bully, and a liar. History has judged him such a loathsome figure that even today, a half century after his death, his name remains synonymous with witch hunts. But that conventional image is all wrong, as veteran journalist and author M. Stanton Evans reveals in this groundbreaking book. The long-awaited blacklisted by history based on six years of intensive research dismantles the myths surrounding Joe McCarthy and his campaign to unmask communists, Soviet agents, and flagrant, loyalist, uh, flagrant loyal, loyalty risks working within the U.S. government. And he did that. This book brings the receipts, folks. Let me, uh, real quick, for those of you who are watching along today, we'll drop the logo since we've got a lot of slides today. Evans' revelations completely overturn our understanding of McCarthy, McCarthyism in the Cold War. Drawing on primary sources, my number one source to go look when you're doing research, including never-before-published government records and FBI files, as well as recent research gleaned from Soviet archives and intercepted transmissions between Moscow spymasters and their agents in the United States, Evans presents an irrefutable evidence of a relent relentless communist drive to penetrate our government, influence its policies, and steal its secrets. Most shocking of all, he shows that the U.S. officials supposedly guarding against this danger not only left it, let it happen, but actively covered up the penetration. All of this was precisely as Joe McCarthy contended. In other words, he did not accuse a single innocent person. History has proven this. Blacklisted by history shows, for instance, that the FBI knew as early as 1942 that J. Robert Oppenheimer, the director of the Atomic Bomb Project, had been identified by communist leaders as a party member, that high-level U.S. officials were warned that Alger Hiss was a Soviet spy almost a decade before Hiss became a public scandal, that a cabal of White House and Justice Department and State Department officials lied about the cover-up of the American spy case, that the State Department had been heavily penetrated by communists and Soviet agents before McCarthy came on the scene. Evans also shows that practically everything we've been told about McCarthy is false, including conventional treatment of the famous 1950 speech at Wheeling, West Virginia, that launched the McCarthy era I have here in my hands, the Senate hearings that actually dismissed his charges, the matter of leading uh, McCarthy suspect Owen Lattimore, the Annie Lee, uh, Lee Moss case, the Army McCarthy hearing, and much more had, con had conflict on our understanding of the history since. There's a typo in there. That they, these all conflict with history. It, the summary here is, in the end, Senator McCarthy was censured by his colleagues and condemned by the press and historians. But as, as Evan writes, the real Joe McCarthy has vanished into the mist of fable and recycled error so that it takes the equivalent of a dragnet search to find him. Blacklisted by history provides the first accurate account of what McCarthy did and, more broadly, what happened to America during the Cold War. It is a revealing expose of the force that distorted our national policy in that conflict and our understanding of his history since. We do this to people all the time these days. We blacklist them. We called it canceling them. That's a communist tactic, folks. Marx described it. He calls it the shield of communism. The sword or the planks, the, the agenda that they want to convert people. The shield is political correctness. 
this is taught the sword and the shield of communism is taught in the frankfurt school of germany which came over here and set itself up in columbia and then into all the ivy league schools we've gone over the frankfurt school of germany before folks this is secular humanism this is religious warfare whether you want to believe it or not that's what this is all about this is nihilism wait till the end of the show I have a quote for you that'll bring it all home. Next on your list, this is None Dare Call It Treason. And then the book None Dare Call It Treason 25 Years Later by John A. Stormer. Right there in my little old hand. That's the thicker None Dare 25 Years Later. I've got several copies of that one. From Amazon, it says None Dare Call It Treason is a careful compilation of facts from hundreds of congressional investigations in commu- in, into com- communism, investigations into communism, and dozens of authoritative books on the communist social conspiracy to enslave America. Stormer picks up where McCarthy left off. It dissects the failures of the Eisenhower administration just as effectively as it details the blunders of Roosevelt, Truman, Kennedy, and Johnson. It documents the concurrent decay in America's schools, churches, and press, which has conditioned the American people to accept 20 years of retreat in the face of the communist enemy. You won't finish none dare call it treason without concluding that America is in serious trouble. This book was originally written in the 70s. The attempt to warn us is old, goes back a ways. None of us wanted to listen. You now have the beginnings of an infiltration of another enemy that is almost exactly like communism. Islam. Who's on the phone? Who who, who we got here? We got a Jimmy. Jimmy Zinker. Do we need to play hey, your theme song, brother? Uh, no, no. <laughs> just uh, just some information to pass on to build on what you're covering here, because I've been I've been studying this a little in depth lately myself. Oh, we're getting um, to we're getting to your book here in just a little bit, Jimmy. So go ahead. The Naked Communist. Yes, sir. Jimmy, it's okay. right All there right. on the <laughs> it's right yeah, there. If you want head. an idea of what McCarthy was dealing with, that's your book. Um, yep. the implications within our own government as to why we lost China and they went communist, why we lost the Korean War. Uh oh man, it just goes on and on all the way back to World War II to things that were done in, in the favor of the Soviet Union through elements in our own government it's it's mind-boggling to me how treasonous my government has been yes yes Uh, everything mccarthy pointed out he was right on he was spot on with it yes he was he was a true patriot he's also a world war ii veteran he was a tail gunner and an sbd dauntless dive bomber and not an enviable place to be yeah i can imagine Okay, just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, when you're pointing out the literature today, man, don't forget that book. Oh, also, the, the Devil and Karl Marx. It's it's more recent. I left that book at very, home. Huh? I left that book at home, but I have it. Okay, yeah, it's also very informative of some tactics that were used by the Soviet Union to infiltrate other countries. Um, all of these priests that are doing these shenanigans in the Catholic Church today. I firmly believe they are the result of the activities of the Soviet Union back between 1950 and 1979 or so. Yes, the Catholic Church was thoroughly infiltrated by the communists by 1948. Yep, they they were actively, and this book names names. There's one lady that that she put hundreds of priests in there. 
Yep. And um, remember, communism is an atheistic philosophy. So why would they want to be a priest? <laughs> well, you have a lot of priests in the Catholic Church now that are atheists. They don't believe. You got a lot of people makes, in the seminaries teaching. Sense. Yep. You got people in the seminaries teaching pastors who, you know, how to read the Bible, but the, the, the professors don't believe in the Bible, but yet they're yeah. teaching it. And that happens to be a book that it flat out tells you if you don't believe, you won't understand it. And it's true because you have to have that mindset to understand what it's saying. So why would, yep. why would you want to learn from somebody who can't teach you the book? Well, Stalin and Nikita Khrushchev repeatedly pointed out right under the noses of our officials at the time how stupid the West was. Yeah, they were going to hang us and sell us our, our, you know, our own rope to hang us. The rope to do it with, yeah. Yep. And we'd buy it. Yep. Uh, one quote that was made by one of Stalin's um, right-hand men, I wish I could remember his name, but it, it stuck in my head. It struck me so strongly. Um, he said, you know, we will, um, that basically they were going to cultivate a friendship with the United States. And he said that the Westerners will jump at another opportunity yet again to be friends with us. And, and when they lure, when we lure them into sleep, we will pound them with our clenched fists. Gorbachev. Yep. Now true. The Soviet union does not, it's, 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 you know, gone today, I guess. Maybe not as much as we think. You can't believe anything that comes itself. from over there. It just remodeled itself. But, yeah, but the philosophy behind it and the people that built it are still among us, and they've infested our own country. And incidentally, what Jimmy's talking about, this is a disease of the rich, idle white. The, the, the secular humanism, if you look into the, the ideological leaders, the, their, their foundational fathers, these are all spoiled, rich, white guys for the most part that started and pushed all this on the world. Yeah. So it, it, well, <laughs> don't dismiss that. Cause that's important because they want to victimize people of color. Yes. They, they had the same situation in, during the Bolshevik times in the Soviet union. Yeah, the, the, there were wealthy over there that thought that they could buy their way into that party. And boy, they got taught a lesson. It's an, at its heart, Jimmy, it's an ideology that's racist by nature. It claims mm -hmm. not to be, but it is because it, it sees Anybody of color as a lesser human as needing their help. They're not smart enough to know the things that the, that the Marxists are talking about. I mean, th this is, Jimmy, I don't know any other way to explain it. Marxism, any, all the form of secular humanism that's been born from it, it's all evil. It's an evil, nihilistic, lawless ideology. It's parasitic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, when I, the extent that I've read the Bible in my youth and in my lifetime, when I've read those those um, future predictions where it talks about the evil, you know, coming into the world and how it would take the world, when I look at Islam and when I look at communism, that is what I see it. I see that it, that seems to me like what that what that scripture is talking about. You know, yes. yes, it is. So just you know, connecting dots and connecting fireflies, as you put it. So it's a I've always been able to do it. Oh, I know. It's one of the reasons I enjoy talking to you. So it's yeah, many of those connections I couldn't make. You, you gave me the light by which I've been able to make them. So keep going, brother. I'm taking up too much of your time. I'm going to get on out of the way, but anybody that's listening, that's interested, I cannot recommend strongly enough two books, um, the naked communist and also the gulag archipelago, which I'm reading again right now for the third yeah. time. Yeah. That, 
Yeah. <laughs> Atlas shrugged. <laughs> Gulag Archipelago will make you cry. Yes, I know. And that's, that's, but about, that's what we've got coming. Yes. They're going to do it to the whole nation. Yep. Yep. All, All right, right, brother. We'll see you. you. Hey, if you want to call in again later in today's show, you're welcome to do so because we're not done with, we're going to be spending the whole second half of the show on the naked communist. All right. Well, we'll see where your your uh, rhetoric takes my temperament. <laughs> we'll still be ready for your theme music the next time you call. All right, <laughs> All right brother. Take care. Yeah, you got a couple posts from Sailor Sun, too, if you want to put them up. Uh, what do we got there? Throw one of them up here. It said, Nate, comment on the board from Sailor Sun. Said, so looks to me like Jacob to lay down. Yeah, Jacob has laying down. That's That's a reference to the believers quit doing your job. And yes, I know Khrushchev said he would destroy America and never fire a shot. Yes, he did. And he's pretty much there. He's almost succeeded. So here's the problem, folks. We have to unlearn the lies that we have inherited. And there's a lot of work to do. And that, if anything, if you wanted to know the mission of the road to Concord in a nutshell, probably that right there, unlearn the lies we've learned. And it's going to take us some time. And that brings us to this, the naked communist. <laughs> Who do we have on the phone this time? Morning caller, you're on the road to Concord with Joe. Joe, I'm sorry. I've got to do this. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, go for it. When I finally got it back up where I could listen to you, you were talking about Khrushchev said they would take America without firing a shot. Yep. All right, he beat the podium at the UN with his shoe while he yelled that at the American delegates. Yep. If I understand correctly. Yep. All right. That same week, while he was visiting the United States, he said to an American reporter, We will continue to feed you communism in small doses until your grandchildren wake to find you're a communist state. They will progressively right. take over. Connect that dot back to the firefly that you started with mccarthy what mccarthy was trying to point out my parents and my grandparents feared the soviet union because whenever nikita khrushchev said that they thought we meant the soviet union the soviet union never had the power to feed us anything so who was we us communists within the united states okay thank you very much <laughs> see you later you're welcome <laughs> sandy mcclendon says where your rhetoric takes my temperament quote of the day yes that's a good one sandy folks real quick as an aside quick rabbit my work what i've done for the last 20 something years professionally in in my area of um personal interest in history is world war ii and if you're going to get into World War II to the depth I have, you will end up reading about the uh, about the uh, Roosevelt administration. You have to. If you knew how thoroughly riddled with communists the Roosevelt administration was, you'd understand. And uh, FDR was not particularly worried about them. He knew they were communists. He saw them as just, it, 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 to an extent, he seemed to think that they were just immature, irrelevant little children, allies of a sort, useful, useful to him for his purposes. But he never saw them as a big threat. And, and, and to some extent, he was actually sympathetic to them because he allowed 
he allowed Churchill to talk him into allow giving things to the Russians that he should have never given over. And the reason the world is in the mess today is because of the communist influence on Franklin Delano Roosevelt during World War II. That's a, that's a big part of it. That's the reason that politically the borders of the world look the way they do today. And politically, the alignment, you know, whether or not a nation is communist or free, that's largely, in large part, that's due to communist infiltration in, into the American government, which is exactly Woodrow freaking Wilson said he was going to do to this country. If you say you're going to do it, and I see you doing it, looks, quacks, walks, swims, poops like a duck, form and function, folks. <laughs> yeah, there's our hashtag, Woodrow freaking Wilson. <laughs> we need to get that one Make going. it go viral, people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Naked Communists by uh, Cleon Skousen as I'm told to pronounce his name. We need to do a little work with the author real fast before we look at the book. Willard Cleon Skousen. Uh, yep, see, there's the pronunciation. January 20th, 1913 through January 9th, 2006. He's an American conservative author with the John Birch Society. Hold on to that. We'll come back to it. It's a faith-based conspiracy. See, this is from Wikipedia. So he's a faith-based conspiracy theorist. Well, Anymore, that means he's factual because we already know that conspiracy theorists are batting somewhere between 750 and 1,000, and the supposed fact-based science guys right now are batting nothing, zero, goose eggs, strikes outs. Anyhow, he's a notable anti-communist and supporter of the John Birch Society. Skousen's works involve a wide range of subjects, including the Six-Day War, Mormon eschatology, hold on to that, New World Order conspiracies, they're not conspiracies when they're actually written of by the people who are going to design and implement it as the New World Order. H.G. Wells, for one, and parenting. His most popular works are The 5,000-Year Leap and The Naked Communist. All right, real quick, a couple things we're going to have to, we'll get back to some more of this in a minute, but what we have to look at real quick, he's a Mormon. That is important. His biblical theology holds that the constitution and the declaration of independence are close to, or feel free to jump in here, Charlie, if you want to, but close to biblical, you know, scripture in nature. Divinely inspired. Yeah. Which is exactly what the scriptures are divinely inspired. So in Mormon eschatology, their end times prophecy, uh, it's not doing so good right now. Okay, and and whenever you hear Glenn Beck say the Constitution is hanging by a thread, Charlie, that's a dog whistle to Mormons, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and what's interesting, I just saw some news things that, because one of the the Mormon eschatology things is that they believe that the Garden of Eden was in what's called Adam Amdayaman in in, uh, Missouri, and they bought up a bunch of property years ago and stuff because they believe that that's where like the new Jerusalem's going to be and all this. Well, they're starting to sell all that property now. Yeah, because they've realized that their religion's false. Whoopsie. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind when you're dealing with Skousen's work. If you understand enough about Mormonism to 
adjust for the Mormon glasses that Skosin wears, you're going to find he is an excellent scholar. Excellent. Fully citates everything, man. He will give you the receipts, and he doesn't twist it. and He doesn't quote it out of context. He doesn't have to. He is a very good scholar. I trust him, especially once I learned how to adjust for his Mormon you know, glasses and everything, the way he sees the world, his worldview. I trust him. Otherwise, you know, it's up to you, but I, I like his work. I've got several of his books. Now, <clears throat> the John Birch Society, henceforth JBS. It's an American, and this is from Wikipedia, so understand you've got biased language here coming all over the place. It's an American right-wing political advocacy group. It's founded in 1958. It is an anti-communist. It's anti-communist in nature. It supports social conservatism and associated with ultra-conservative, radical right, far right, or libertarian ideals. <sighs> that right there is poison language, folks. The John Birch Society, this is from Wiki still, from its start, opposed collectivism as a cancer and by extension, communism and big government. The organization and its founder, Robert Welch, promoted Americanism as the philosophical antithesis of communism. It contended that the United States is a republic, not a democracy. Well, yeah, that's true. And the way this is written, it's meant to imply that we are a democracy, not a republic. It says it contended that the United States. That language right there is loaded language. If Wikipedia wanted to be accurate, it would say it rightly stated that the United States is a republic, not a democracy. But remember, Wikipedia is left-wing minded. So they think we're a democracy, not a republic. And that's because they're communists. So it contended that the United States is a republic, not a democracy. And argued that states' rights should supersede those of the federal government. The Constitution says they do. So they're arguing for the Constitution according to the original intent, and Wikipedia is implying that that's a problem. Welch infused constitutionalists and classical liberal principles, in addition to his conspiracy theories, into the JBS's ideology and rhetoric. In other words, original intent is a conspiracy theory now. That's how Wikipedia is writing this. At least this is how I'm reading it. If you're a leftist, you'll think this is fair and balanced. It isn't. It's inherent in the choice of words. This is fallacious. In 1983, Congressman Larry McDonald, then the society's newly appointed chairman, characterized the JBS as belonging to the old right rather than the new right. The new right is progressive in nature. Old right would be the founding fathers. The society opposes one world government, the United Nations, the North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, the Central American Free Trade Agreement, CAFTA, and the Free Trade Area of the Americas, FTAA, and other free trade agreements. It argues that the U.S. Constitution has been devalued in favor of political and economic globalization. It has cited the existence of the former Security and Prosperity Partnership as evidence of a push towards a North American Union. The JBS has sought to reduce immigration. No, it's sought to reduce illegal immigration. This is all, there's, there's nothing wrong with the John Birch Society. They seek to preserve the nation as it was founded. You know, nationalism, thinking that your nation should be different than other nations according to your culture and your ideology. The idea that that's a problem, that's Marxist and communist in and of itself. So this particle continues, JBS has been described as an ultra-conservative, far-right, and extremist. 
the Southern Poverty Law Center lists the society as a patriot group, a group that advocates and adheres to extreme anti-government doctrines. By the 1990s, the JBS was perceived as a more mainstream conservative than in the 1960s. It has also been associated with the libertarian movement and business nationalism. In other words, it had been co-opted. On the road to Concord comment, Matt Sermon's Wikipedia is editable. I wonder how long it would last if someone corrected it. It wouldn't last long at all, Matt. I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) So warning, 180 degree rule alert, accusing others of what you are actually doing. This is a story that is in your show notes. We'll get to it momentarily here. This is the Southern Poverty Law Center is a hate-based scam that nearly caused me to be murdered. Pull quote from that one is, it was the type of violent incident that one could expect a group that purportedly monitors hate, like the Southern Poverty Law Center, to notice, research, and decry. In fact, we were on the center's radar, but for all the wrong reasons, the uh, assailant acknowledged later in FBI testimony that he had selected our office precisely because the SPLC had labeled our employer as a hate group. Southern Poverty Law Center runs around nowadays accusing everybody who is anti-progressive government of being a hate group. Wait a minute, Charlie, I need some help. Wayback Machine here, just a couple of days. Weren't we just now reading not too long ago, Davos, the World uh, World Economic Forum, talking about how America's pretty soon going to have anti-hate speech laws? Yeah, 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 we did, didn't we? That would suggest coordination between Davos and the Southern Poverty Law Center, wouldn't it? Possibly. Coordination of ideology. That could be, yeah. You do realize that the Southern Poverty Law Center is funded by the Tides Foundation, right? (laughs) You know who's behind the Tides Foundation, right? (sighs) Spooky dude, George Soros. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nothing there to see, folks. Move along. Move along. This is not the droid you're looking for. Yep. And this will just, this article here, just to make sure that we all understand, the Southern Poverty Law Center has its own troubles. These shameful secrets are no longer hidden in the shadows. The New York Times, Politico, and NPR, and a host of other quote-unquote mainstream publications are reporting on the corruption and widening credibility gap. Dude, when the New York Times and NPR turn against you, you're screwed up. The SPLC dismissed its co-founder in March and its president has resigned amidst numerous claims of sexual harassment and gender discrimination and racism within the organization. A parade of disgrace that vividly forced the conclusion that the SPLC is hollow, rotten, and failing at the very virtues it pretends to celebrate. The criticism comes from many corners. There's the current affairs editor who seems sympathetic to the center's progressive mission. Progressive mission, according to current affairs. Dude but decries its hate group list as an outright fraud and willful deception designed to scare older liberals into writing checks to the SPLC. Dude, when your own team tells you you're messed up, you're messed up. So Wikipedia, you might want to take the Southern Poverty Law Center's accusations and descriptions and and characterizations of the John Birch Society off your page. That is, if you want to have any credibility at all. I mean, I still use Wikipedia, but normally it's used to show how doofy the left is in its thinking and arguing. It, 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 I don't use Wikipedia usually as a positive source for anything because you're not. <laughs> Anyhow, before we go to the break. 
45 goals of communism, a.k.a. lawlessness and nihilism, how to destroy a nation. This was, this is the congressional record, folks. We're going to set this up before we get going. Oh, I actually put the picture over top of some of the writing. It doesn't matter. Congressional record appendix, pages uh, A34 through A35, January 10th, 1963. This is the current communist whatever extension of remarks of the Honorable A.S. Hurling Jr., blah, 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 of the House of Representatives, whatever. I, I marked over that. Anyhow, Thursday, January 10th, 1963. Mr. Hurlong, Mr. Speaker, Mrs. Patricia Nordman of D, uh, D. Land, Florida, Democrat, whatever, I don't know. Deland, Florida, state, whatever. It's an ardent and articulate opponent of the communism and until recently published the D-Land Courier, which she dedicated to the purpose of altering the public, alerting the public to the dangers of communism in America. At Mrs. Nordman's request, I included in the record under a unanimous consent, the following current communist goals, which she identified as excerpts from the naked communist by Skosin. And from this point, they are read into the congressional record. Now, no big deal. You can read anything you want into the congressional record. That's cool. But they come from this book, The Naked Communist. Now, if you're going to get a copy, I highly, strongly suggest you spend a little extra money and get the eighth edition from 1961. And there's a reason for that. The current edition has been edited, and they've taken out some of the best material. And we will get to it before the end of the show. Oh, trust me, we will get to it. I have had this for decades. I read it in the 1990s when I was going to college, 93, 94. And I put it on the shelf and I'd forgotten about it. I mean, I knew it was there. I knew what it taught. I knew the generalities. The old noodle still has fireflies from this floating around in my head. But I had forgotten some of the things Skosin told me. And I looked it up yesterday. And lo and behold, in 1961, he was saying what I've been saying now. And we both got there from entirely different directions. The exact same thing, entirely different. Oh, almost like there are many paths to one truth. Some idiot around here says that a lot. I don't know who the heck he is, but if we ever get a hold of him, we might have to thump him on the head. Pretty sure he doesn't know what he's talking about. There are many paths, or one path to many different destinations of truth. I mean, truth is all just relative according to the individual, right? Your truth is not my truth kind of kind of anti-definition of what truth is supposed to mean when you look it up in the dictionary, but psst, pay no attention to any of that. There's another book. It's the, uh, the Naked Truth and the Naked Communist Revisited. This little book is an update, and this is by um, Dr. David Noble or Nobel, and it is about a very specific section of this book. It's about the 45 planks or tenets of the communist takeover of this country. This book goes over how effective they've been. This book was written in uh, 2011. So in 2011, they'd already pretty much achieved their goals. We'll cover it here in a little bit. When we come back from the break, we're going to go over this. You're going to be shocked at what people say that, you know, Skosin just made it all up. Well, if he made it all up, he's a prophet. You'll understand when we come back from the break and you'll see. And this is the secular humanist attack on this country. It's an attempt to dismantle it. It is subversion. And when it happens from within the government, using the 
means of force that are rightly given to the government under the social contract, that becomes sedition. That becomes sedition using force of the government itself against the people, which by definition is waging war on your own country. And that is the constitutional definition of treason. But we can't call it treason. Yeah, that's why the book is titled None Dare Call It Treason. Because if you call it treason, then you actually have to do something about it. Oh, there's that take responsibility and duty to others again. Jeez, it's almost like the last couple of weeks have all been knitted together into one big giant lesson. I don't know how that would happen because I did not plan it that way. Somebody else did. I have no doubt to that. Somebody a lot bigger and more powerful than me. How's your spiritual warfare going? Well, Charlie's going to give us a six-minute break today. Might want to play that get my musket music today. And when we come back, let's read about these 45 tenets of communism and what they plan to do to this country. And we'll decide whether or not they've done it and to what extent and how well it's worked. We'll see you in six.
All right, we're back. I was reminded real quick by um, our friend, Mr. Zinker, to let you know that uh, Skousen was actually a FBI expert on communism. So when he wrote his 45 planks or whatever, 45 points, he knew what he was talking about. He was also good friends with J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover, you know, founder of the FBI, also ardent anti-communist, which is probably one of the reasons is he's been turned into a, you know, well, he's just a cross-dressing wacko that spied on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. They tried to lump him in there with McCarthyites. Well, there was a reason they spied on Martin Luther King Jr. He had already started writing about how if his peace process hadn't worked, he was going to go radical communist. Well, that's a revolutionary. Well, yeah, you need to be paying attention to people like that that might want to cause an actual uprising in the nation over things like that. So what we're about to read is is not, it's not without merit. Skousen knew what he was doing. <clears throat> so here we go. Uh, let me just pop myself out of here. No, you know what? Better yet, let's do this one here today, folks. So current communist goals as of 1961. <laughs> one. The U.S. acceptance of coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. That one I think they've achieved because now we're taught, we taught everybody, you know, you can't fight and win an atomic war. Did you, did any of you see the class I did on just how destructive an atomic war would be? It is fightable and winnable. The Soviets know it if it's fought correctly. What, Joe? Yes, it actually is. There's a U.S. book on how to fight the atomic war and the effects of thermonuclear weapons. And it concluded that, yeah, we, we could have fought and, and won a nuclear war. But we've accepted that we're, we're not going to do that, which basically takes that off the, off the table for us. That, that hand ties you. So they've, they've got that. Check number one. Number two, U.S. willingness to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Since JFK threatened to go to war over the Cuban Missile Crisis, whenever we get to the point where we're thinking there might be an exchange of nukes, we will back down. We, we've let the communists have whatever. Yep, yep, check. We've done that. Three, develop the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. Well, for crying out loud, Obama said that. So check. Yeah, number three, we got, we got that one. That, that tells you why the left has always wanted to disarm our nuclear arsenal. Four, permit free trade between all nations regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Well, for crying out loud, oh, Biden and the family is all but hand, and, and, and the Clintons have all but handed this country and its secret, secrets and everything else over to the communist Chinese and Russia. Yeah, check. Number four, they've got that. Extension of long-term loans to Russia and the Soviet satellites. Oh, yeah, we've been doing Check. We got that one. Jimmy Carter. Provide American aid to all nations regardless of communist domination. Check. Done that. Grant recognition of Red China, admission of Red China to the UN. Check. Last I looked, though, that was a great conservative Republican that did that, wasn't it? Nixon. Oh, yeah, you know, Nixon wasn't part of the John Birch Society. He wasn't anti-communist, was he? No, he was part of the conservative American right. Progressives. Set up, number eight, set up East and West Germany as separate states in spite of Khrushchev's promise in 1955 to settle the German question by free elections under supervision of the UN. 
yeah, until the wall fell, we had accepted them as two different nations. So, yep, check. First eight, they've got them. Nine, prolong the conference to ban atomic tests because the United States has agreed to suspend tests as long as negotiations are in progress. Check. Got that one. That's a tactic that the North Vietnamese used as well. Prolong the peace talks because you can get that idiot LBJ to quit bombing us while we're doing the peace talks. And as long as we're in the peace talks, we can continue marching down the Ho Chi Minh Trail to get ready for our Tet Offensive and all these other good, cool things. So, yeah, you, you can't trust the co- communists in negotiations and treaties any more than you can trust a Muslim. Because Islam teaches that you, you don't enter into a treaty with a non-Muslim. If you do, you must break it within 10 years. Must. Yeah, that's what Muhammad taught. So allow, number 10, allow all Soviet satellite individual representation in the UN. I didn't paint this one yellow as a check because I'm not sure we actually did that. I think we did. I think we allowed that, but I'm not sure. I I didn't take the time to check it. So that one might be checked off or not. If not, we're pretty close. Yeah, we're close. Number 11, promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one world government with its own independent armed forces. Some communist leaders believe the world can be taken over as easily by the UN as by Moscow. Sometimes these two centers compete with each other as they are now doing in the Congo. I didn't check this one off either, although there are heavy sympathies in the U.S. government in this direction. I mean, that's what that's that's exactly what Woodrow freaking Wilson set the League of Nations up to do which is what the UN is. It inherited the specter of the League of Nations. So half a check maybe here. 12, resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Oh, yeah, we got that one down for sure. Check. Do away with all loyalty oaths. (laughs) Yeah, even to the fact that you don't even have to worry about your oath of office anymore. Check. Continue giving Russia access to the U.S. Patent Office. Yep, check. Capture one or both political parties in the United States. Check. Use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Check, 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 check. Oh, yeah, they got that one done in spades, Jack. 17. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum, get control of teachers' associations, put the party line in textbooks. Check, which is something that Islam is doing. Oh, by the way, a lot of this, Islam is doing this right now. Don't forget, the secular American left is going to control Islam, right? That's what they think. We're just going to get the Islamic money. The un, you know unholy alliance written by Horowitz about how the American left and the Muslims are co- cooperating. Well, Islam is ex- currently doing all of this to the secular American left. And it will work the exact same way. Only when that happens, well, then it's, you know, jihad and off with your heads there, you know, leftists. This is an 18, gain control of student newspapers. Check. 19, use student riots to foment public protests against programs or organizations which are under communist attack. Check. That's what a lot of the riots in the 1960s were all about. We now do this under BLM, Antifa, and Occupy. 20, infiltrate the press, get control of the book review assignments, editorial writing, policy-making positions. Check, kitty, check, check, check. 
Number 21, gain control of key positions in the radio, TV, and motion pictures. Oh, check. Mark Lloyd, anybody? <laughs> yeah, checkity check, check, check. We got that one too. 22, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell would uh, was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parkings, parks and buildings and substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. Yeah, modern art. And, and what was that? Piss Christ. That's art. Funded by the American... Yeah, check. They got this one done. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsiveness, and meaningless art. Check. They've got that done. By the way, incidentally, I know this is just a quick rabbit. Locally here in Penwell, in Bay County, Florida, the local government violated all sorts of laws because they wanted to steal the property. And this is what they were doing. They were stealing the property that our local airport was built on. It, it, it was a two for three for type of thing. They wanted the property to build a new government buildings on the bay because they, you know, they're the corporate bigwigs and the government buildings should be in a nice, pretty little area where we love work and spend, a bit, spend the people's money to make our life, you know, kings, they're royalty, right? Because they're government. So they stole this property. They haven't built their government buildings yet, but they used it to justify a boondoggle building of another airport that's got its own problems now because they built it on a swamp and lo and behold, it's got drainage problems. I wonder how the heck that happened. But they're building this huge housing complex, really, really expensive. And it's a it's a 15-minute city. It's what it is. It is literally a 15-minute city. And when you look at it, it looks like it is straight out of 60s Russia. It's dead. It's lifeless. It it there's it's communist. It's communist. Communism has no soul. It, at least Islam has a soul. I mean, it's apostate, but it's got a soul. Communism, atheist, so it has no soul at all. And when you look at its architecture, it's soulless. The, I'll have to get a picture of this sometime and show it to y'all. It is ugliness. I cannot believe that this housing complex, hundred thousand, three, four, five hundred thousand dollar condos, basically three, four stories tall, and they're ugly as sin. This is what's being done to this country. So we'll go back. Number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech free speech and free press. Uh, yeah, we, pornography, yeah, check, got that done. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV check present homosexuality degeneracy and promiscuity as normal natural and healthy after the ball anybody the book we've remember that check got this one done are any fireflies lighting up for anybody in the classroom are things starting to come together and make sense to you y- y'all understanding why jimmy was telling you we need to study this book this is all spiritual warfare folks every bit of this is spiritual warfare any of this make any sense with what we were talking about monday and tuesday or even yesterday 27, infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion, you know, social justice, discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a quote unquote religious crutch. Check. They got that done. 28, eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principles of separation of church and state. That's a progressive. Yep. Check. They got that. Progressive equals communist. Don't ever forget that. 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate. Woodrow freaking Wilson, Wilson. word for word, right out of his essay. 
old, calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. Number 30, discredit the American founding fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. Remember, Russian, the communists said if they get all this done, they'll destroy this country. 31, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. Now, we haven't quite done that, not the second part, but we do talk about Russia in glowing terms in our schools, and we have belittled American history and culture, and we've twisted it. So I gave that a check. 32, Support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, uh, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, et cetera, et cetera. Yep, check. 33, eliminate all laws or procedures which interfere with the operation of the communist apparatus. Now, I wanted to give that a check, but I don't know. What, what does that mean by interfere with the communist apparatus? If we're talking about getting rid of all laws that interfere with the deep state, well, then this should be a check. But I, I, I gave that one the benefit of the doubt. I don't know for sure. <clears throat> 34, eliminate the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Oh, yeah, check. That was part of the McCarthy thing. 35, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. Hey, let me ask, does anybody have any uh, trust in the FBI anymore? I, I don't. I think we've discredited the, I think the FBI did that for us, didn't they? Yeah, okay, check. Infiltrate and gain control of more unions. Oh, unions have been communist. Yeah, check. Infiltrate and gain control of big business. <laughs> Double, triple check. Transfer some, of, transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but psychiatrists can understand or treat. OMG, there's a big check on that one. Let's see. We got to get this to bump to the next one. 39 dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. Red flag laws, anybody? We've got a member of our, uh, of our um, classes are going to be all over that one. Psychiatric profession? Yeah, she'll be chiming in here at some point or another when she re-listens to today's show. Number 40, discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Checko! Number 41, emphasize the need to raise children away from negative influences of parents, attribute prejudice, mental blocks, and retard, uh, retarding of children to suppressive influences of parents. Checko, remember we've read the quote where the uh, education department says that our children come to the schools already mentally disabled because of their parents' religious teachings. Yeah, 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 checkity, check, check, check. 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition that students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, and social problems. BLM and Antifa, Checamundo, they got that. Overthrow all colonial governments before native populations are ready for self-government. Yes, we've been doing that. That's what, that's what Iraq and Iran was all about. I mean, not Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. We're trying to overthrow countries, give them democracy before they had any idea what the, yeah, check. You know why? Because that leaves chaos, and in the order of chaos, communists can easily take over. 44, internationalize the Panama Canal. Yep, did that. 45, repeal the Connolly Reservation uh, so the United States cannot prevent the world court. 
Now, I don't know. I think that one's a check too, but I didn't even bother to check. I'm pretty sure there is a world court. It's in the Hague now, isn't it? If that's the case, then this is a Checkamundo too. So what we have here is a little note. This comes from, all of these came from another web page. It says you may not find these 45 communist goals on the web in its original form because in 1963, there were no digitized documents. You'll find websites and have copied them as I have. Call your local library and you can obtain an original copy there or ask your U.S. congressman member. They will be able to help you get a genuine copy from the congressional records of the 45 communist goals. Donna Calvin, the world worryette. That's right, Sandy Woodrow freaking Wilson. It comes from this. Let me share that page with y'all for now. This is from uh, PJ Media. And it goes over how they have managed to somehow or another succeed. Like grant recognition of Red China, admission of the Red. Yep, done. The United Nations General Assembly Resolution 2758. Capture one or both parties, done. Communists were once hunted in the U.S. today. uh, Democrats like Bernie, AOC, and the squad. Ideals that are clearly socialist. So, yeah, get control of the schools, done. That was actually John freaking Dewey. Freaking Dewey. So, gain control of student newspapers, done. Infiltrate the press, get control. That's done. CNN, yeah, gain control of key positions, done. And they go over where a lot of this has been taken care of, and they give you examples here. In PJ Media. Let me ask you something. With those, all of those things under their belt, how does a nation stand? How does a nation stand? Not it's not a rhetorical question. How do we survive this? Comment on the board. Pretty sure we have uh, more checks than the Czech Republic. <laughs> But this is this is this is undermining the very foundations of this nation at a very basic level. And this is why I tell they've made so much progress that when I tell you that the current conservatives as Burke, as Edmund Burke defined conservatism, holding on to what you currently have, as Edmund Burke defined conservatism, the progressive left is now conservative. And they're trying to hold on to what they've gained over the last hundred years from what they perceive to be a radical right-wing reactionary counterattack. And that's what they're doing right now. That's what January 6th is all about. That's a false flag attack to give them, you know, the perceive the, the perception of legality. That's a political, that's archipelago, uh, archipelago gulag or the gulag archipelago or whatever Jimmy is talking about. It's a jail. It's a gulag. It's a prison. It's a concentration camp. That's that's what they're doing to the to the people in January sixth. This is all meant to scare you into submission so that you won't fight the government. I mean, who can fight the beast, right? You telling me that this is not spiritual warfare? This is exactly like Jimmy said. This is exactly what the Bible was predicting. It's only like sixty six different people writing that book over something like fifteen hundred years, and they're all consistent with this. Telling us as we get closer and closer to the end of time, this is what we're going to end up becoming. We're going to devolve into something like this. Here we are. Here we are. Now, I told you, I got something for you. I thought today we'd get two hours in. I don't know. We'll see. Marx surveyed the world. This is from the Naked Communist. 
is a quote from Skosin. It says, Marx surveyed the world and dreamed of the day when the whole body of humanity could be forced into a gigantic social image which conformed completely to Marx's dream of the perfect society. To achieve his goal, Marx required two things. First, the total annihilation of all opposition, the downfall of all, all existing governments, all economies, and all societies. Nihilism. Then he wrote, I shall stride through the wreckage a creator. The second thing he needed was a new kind of human being. This is from you know, Naked Communist, page one. But look at that. Then I shall stride through the wreckage a creator. From the chaos he creates, he'll recreate. What have I told you that means you are? He's claiming to be a god. So again, how's your spiritual warfare going? How is it that people don't see this? How is it that they don't recognize this for what it is? I don't understand. But that's just me. Now, the current version, the PDF that I the the I bought the um bought the Kindle version of um the naked communist yesterday. This is page um let's see this here real quick. That's the intro. This is page one. It says to achieve this goal, blah, 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 right there. So right here, this section here is what I was just reading, right? Well, it changes on this page here. There's a change. There's been an edit. I don't like the new version as much as I do the old. Excuse me for that. Let me explain why. I'm going to give a little bit of reading. Yeah, I know. Rush says I'm not supposed to read on the radio. It's boring. This is educational class. Listen. The original book, 61 edition, it is a terrible and awesome thing when a man sets out to create all other men in his own image. Such became the goal and all-consuming amb ambition of Karl Marx. Not that he would have made each man equal to himself. In fact, it was quite the contrary. The image he hoped to construct was great human colossus with Karl Marx as the brain and builder and all other men serving him as their ears, eyes, feet, and hands, mouth, and gullet. In other words, Marx surveyed the world and dreamed of the day when the whole body of humanity could be forced into a gigantic social image which conformed completely to Marx's dream of a perfect society. Did anybody else catch the Genesis language and thinking in the body of Christ language and thinking in that passage? Body of Christ, you know, each individual believer is the leg and the arm and the foot. Christ is the brain. Karl Marx is looking to recreate humanity in his image, where he's the brain. He's taken the Messiah's place. So the very next chat, paragraph, he says, to achieve his goal, Marx required two things. First, the total annihilation of all opposition, the downfall of all existing governments and all economies and all societies. Annihilation, nihilism. Then he, Marx, writes, I shall stride through the wreckage of creator. The second thing he needed was a new kind of human being. The scripture says a God's going to remake man's heart into in eternity so that we want to obey him from now on. We won't be sinful anymore. He'll correct our nature. Marx sees man as he can control the evolution of man. That's the unrestrained view. That's man is his own God. This is, this is at the heart of all secular humanism, man as his own God says, he visualized a regimented breed of Pavlovian men 
whose minds could be triggered into immediate action by signals from their masters. He wanted a race of men who would no longer depend upon free will, ethics, morals, or conscience for guidance. Perhaps without quite realizing, Marx was setting out to create a race of human beings conditioned to think like criminals. Producing such a race has been the dream of powerful, hungry men for more than 4,000 years. Nimrod had projected the design. Plato polished it. St. Simon sublimated it. Now Marx materialized it. Today, this breed of criminally conditioned man walks the earth in sufficient numbers to conquer countries or continents, to change laws and boundaries, to decree war, decree war or peace. He might well be called Homo Marxian, the Marxian man. He has made it terrible, terribly clear that he intends to become the man of the 20th century. He goes on, and Skosin says, this new Homo Marxian man. Sounds a lot like homo animal, right? You know what I was homo, you know, homo sapien animal man that I was talking about earlier a couple of days ago. He goes on to say this man is going to follow. He's not irrational. He just follows the most basic laws of the jungle. He follows, just get mine. He follows Hobbes. He follows Machiavelli. So Skosin says he's actually very predictable if you look at him as an animal which is exactly what Peter was telling us to look at them as. They're good for nothing but to be led to the slaughter. They've, they've given up to their total depravity, to their animalistic natures. That's, that's, I don't understand how you can read the Bible and come away not seeing the truth in it. Because everything that it told us to look for, everything it tells us is going to happen, everything it says is true about man, it's being proven before our very eyes. And most of this, we just don't even know anything about. I've told this class since the beginning. If you can destroy what is and then remake it according to your heart's desire, the Fabians, that is, a, that is one of the most ancient ways of proving you're a god. Rahab is, is the um, chaos monster in Babylonian theology. And he creates, you know, part of the world and he becomes a God by putting, putting down other gods and creating chaos and all, you know, order out of chaos, all this crap. The Bible tells us that Yahweh smites the head of Rahab, slays the Leviathan, slays chaos, brings order out of chaos. It's one of the ways that the Bible establishes that Yahweh is God. Order out of chaos. When Jesus calms the storm. That's what he's doing. He brings order out of chaos. The storms obey. Chaos obeys a God, the one true God. And this is why in that passage in the Bible, as soon as Jesus calms the storm, it tells us the apostles worshiped him. Did Jesus tell them, no, get back up on your feet. I'm just a servant. No, he didn't. He accepted the worship. Why? Because he is he's Yahweh in human form, in the flesh. And he was demonstrating it. Rather than speaking it, he was showing that he was, he was making the storm obey. He was bringing order out of chaos. Marx writes, as soon as I destroy it, I'll stroll through the wreckage, wreckage he created, a creator, a God. Form and function, concept, thought, ideology. These are the things that we need to focus on. These are the things that have been lost to us. These are the things that are being kept away from you, from your children. 
these are the things that are being censored. We cannot allow this type of thinking back out into the world because it proves the lie to, to what the progressives have been doing. We definitely live in a world that is a matrix. That movie may very well be a boast about what's been done to us. And that puts, you know, Neo or whatever, he's going to undo the matrix and everything. But if you've paid attention to it, it isn't. He just recycles it and starts all over again. That's that idea of recycling time and going through this cycle over and over and over again. That's in the rabbinical writings. It's Kabbalistic. That's also in your ancient aliens thinking. I mean, that's not a new idea either. Ecclesiastes, folks, there's nothing new under the sun. This is all about if you don't learn history, you're doomed to live the life of a child forever. Ignorant. Thinking that the world only existed from the day you were born and once you die, it ends. You can't ever find your place in the greater scheme of things when you think that way. When you think that way, you're going to live that way. And if you don't ever find your place in the greater scheme of things, how do you help build the kingdom? Well, that's easy. You can help build Marx's kingdom, the secular humanist kingdom, by becoming a chaos agent. But if you want to help build the kingdom of the one eternal God, Yahweh, you're going to have to learn fit into this, where your place is, and how the game works, how the rules work according to him. Natural law, revealed law. Notice how the communists are against both. Charlie, pop on the screen here for me real quick, would you? Sure. Given your thinking lately, those 45 planks, can't I call them Antichrist? Oh, yeah. I could, couldn't I? Yeah. Because they go against everything the scripture teaches. Scripture teaches order, doesn't it? It does. Lawfulness. Yes. All of that was nihilism. Undermine everything that keeps society together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Under, under. The, the, the pillars of the earth are shaken. Undermine culture. Undermine civilization. Destroy it. For what purpose? What's the communist want to destroy all that for? So he can take over, right? Right. You know, remember, even Lucifer won his own kingdom. And how did he do that? Because he undermined Adam and Eve's understanding of their rules. He deceived them. That's how he was given command, uh, you know, a dominion over the earth. Now he was bound at the cross. But I have a sneaky suspicion he's been set loose. I could be wrong, but I think he's been set loose. So are you seeing fireflies in what we did today? Yeah. And it all started with, did God really say? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. All right, guys. I was thinking today might last a little longer. But keeping in line, man, when I'm done, I'm done. We're going to be talking about Skosin again tomorrow. 5,000-year leap and another book he has on the making of America. I'm going to introduce you to those two tomorrow. That one I should be able to give you a full two-hour show on. If you are looking forward to, you know, more of the road to Concord, poor child. Hey, man, replay one of the better shows from the week or one that you've missed or replay this one. This one's worth hearing again. Otherwise, tomorrow, Founding Fathers Friday, we're going to learn a bit, a little bit more about how the secular and the religious come together to form this country.
and they both found the same thing. Again, many paths to one truth. And we're going to be all back up into the American covenant again tomorrow. We're going to land in the same ball field from different directions. That's one of the ways you know you've found capital T truth. You keep ending up at the same destination no matter which path you take. So until then, we love each and every one of you. We do. We hope we're serving you. If we are, if you find value in what we're doing, I please consider sharing the show directly with your friends and family. Explain us and give them a little heads up about what we're like. You know, I know this is an acquired taste. You have to want to learn to come here. That's what we're after. We're after those who want to learn. We want to help you do that. And you don't have to agree with us. But if you're going to disagree, you at least need to show us where you did your work. Because your work matters. We're not about right answers here. We're about the quality of your work. We're the, we're the anti-new education system. There's, they say it's all about the quality of your work too, but they mean something different. 180 degree rule applies to our modern education system. Here, it's the old fashioned, put the work in. You might get the answer wrong, but if the work was done right, cool. We're happy with that. Or you might get a different answer than from us. Well, it doesn't matter. And also, if you can, please consider you know going to the quote-unquote donut page. Setting up a monthly donation of $5 a month would really help us. We would appreciate it. Otherwise, y'all stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow. More on the founding of this nation. More from Skosin. Some excellent work tomorrow and a couple of more books that you may not have. Uh, I mean, most of us have heard the 5,000-year leap. The other one I'm going to introduce you to, 5,000-year leaps is the cliff notes for this other book. It's that good. See you tomorrow.